Welcome back guys, I hope you're doing well on this Sunday morning. Welcome back to That Tattoo Show, which is a YouTube show and an audio podcast, which is available on all the major streaming platforms. And we're available here on YouTube. But if you're listening to us, congratulations, you have made the correct choice because we do have the voices for radio. I am your presenter, Paul, and I'm joined by my sidekick. Sidekick, super sidekick. <laughs> Oh, I could have said, I'm Paul the Teacher Purple, Andy Preacher, Backstreet Creeper, uh, Weird Reacher. You know, I mean, anything that rhymes with teacher, I guess. I've got no career as a rapper, as you can probably tell. Paul the Purple-Handed Manic Street Preacher. <laughs> I like the Manic Street Preachers. Where have they gone? Are they still together? One of them jumped off a bridge years ago, didn't he? So they're not technically... Technically, they're not fucking together. One of together. the Manic Street Preachers makes cheese. <laughs> I didn't know that. But what I... Do you know what... When, did I ever tell you this? So when I was in Cardiff, or like I was saying, living in Cardiff, or that's when my mate was living in Cardiff, I was down... I was like staying in his house all the time. And we went to this like... You know those like those Tesco Express uh, kind of shops? Yeah. Uh, the supermarkets are available. Uh, I just remember I was like going in there one day and uh, I was going to go and pick up like a fucking the last pack of beer that was on the shelf. And like two of us both put our hands on it at the same time. And I just looked up and it was the fucking lead singer of the Manix. And I was just like, fucking take them, man. <laughs> Yours, like. Take them, mate. <laughs> so listen, guys, there's no, uh, there's no news this week because... We're actually recording this last week, uh, straight after the yeah. episode from last week. Uh, the reason for that is none of us are ill or anything like that. I'm actually not here when you're watching this. I'm actually in Rome having a few days off because I've had quite a busy uh, month and I thought I'd have a few days in my favourite place in the world. So I'd go off to Italy um, and go and visit the Vatican and you know a bunch of other stuff and, uh, and you know just basically spend a bit of time drinking very good coffee and very good red wine. So I'm not actually here to record, so we're recording the episodes back-to-back. -back. Not that we're you need to know that. We're recording in the past. So that's why there's no news. But I do want to use the news section to say thank you. You may have noticed this lovely hoodie that I've got on. Excuse my hair getting in the way of all of it. And I'm looking at the screen while I'm doing it. This lovely embroidered hoodie with uh, red tabs. It does look nice. It's great, right? So um, this was sent to us by Terry. Um, Chris has got one as well, but he's left it in his car. But mine was hanging up in the shop uh, in readiness for doing this episode because I am the last Boy Scouts and I'm always prepared. Uh, it comes from Tales of Inspiration. There are Shirley Road, Croydon. Uh, Terry that sent us these. He sent me a lovely message. Thanks, Terry. So, right, Terry. He said, I love the show. And, uh, you know, what size hoodies do you guys wear? Uh, so he sent them over. And I've got to be honest, when they arrived... We've talked about this. I genuinely thought it was a legit uh, clothing brand. The way they were packaged, the packaging was absolutely beautiful. Well done, mate. That's you know proper good branding. Very nice. Very, I didn't very know nice. what the fuck was going on because like, I come into work and it was like a package. Here. I was like, what the fuck is this? I haven't ordered anything. And then I opened it up and I was like, oh, it's like some tattoo brand sent us like some clothing to wear or some shit. And, yeah. and then, but yeah, really well packaged. Lovely, really well lovely. put together. Um, also love the uh, baseball hats that are really, really good. Uh, but what happened with the baseball bat, uh, baseball bats, the baseball hats, it was the guys in the studio all know that I don't wear baseball hats because I can't get my hair massive head. in them. So I tend to wear beanies. So if you do beanies, mate, because a beanie, I'll wear that in the winter for you. Um, and the I literally put the hat down and it, it's disappeared. And uh, until somebody arrives wearing it, I won't know who stole it because nobody's owning up to it. <laughs> but thank you very much, mate. It's a really lovely hoodie, actually. It's not quite hoodie weather in the shop at the moment, so uh, it's a bit much. So I might take it off <laughs> at some point in the show. But it's lovely, mate. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. If you've got a tattoo studio and you'd like to send us some of your merch to wear on the show, we'll give you a shout out. We'll rep your brand and your tattoo shop for you if you want. And... Um, and that's that. I'd forgotten that there is actually one piece of news, even though I told you there's no news. It's actually time for the news. Paul. Yo, bro. <laughs> what? What's in the news? It's actually a bit of sad news uh, that's uh, befallen a friend of ours. So, Woody who runs the Brighton Tattoo Convention that I've been going to for probably about the last 12 years, uh, who's a, a very good friend, um, 
unfortunately, one of the studios that I believe he owns, um, I think I'm right in saying that, so apologies if that's not correct, um, has had some terrible problems. Um, so the Abbey Tattoo Studio in Brighton, um, the flats above the studio caught fire and the fire brigade obviously were called, had to put the fire out, so that involves spraying a, a shitload of water into the flats above the Abbey Tattoo Studio. And, and I'll put pictures of this on the screen. And obviously water goes in, lands, and then goes down because of gravity. And it has absolutely fucking wrecked the tattoo studio. Now I looked at these pictures and I think, if you work in a shop even, but if you own a shop particularly, this is just fuck, man. It's like your worst nightmare. So um, commiserations to Woody and the guys at, uh, at the Abbey. I hope you guys get back up and running as quickly as, uh, as is humanly possible. It does look like the place is a fucking mess, though, so I think they've got quite a bit of work to do. Um, if you're booked in to get a, a tattoo at the Abbey, um, then they are, all the guys are working, they're working at Blackheart Tattoo Epsom, which is the sister shop, which is why I presume Woody owns both the shops, although I may be wrong. Um, so they'll be there. So if you're not sure uh, where they're working, contact Blackheart Tattoo Epsom and they'll be able to advise you where the guys are and when, when the Abbey will be reopening. And as soon as I know, I'll let you know on here, uh, because like I say, Woody and the Brighton Convention are good friends of ours and uh, that's the shittiest thing that can happen. I'm sorry that's, that's happened to you guys. Shit happens. I hope you get up and running as quickly as we possibly can. And, um, uh, you know, for you guys, uh, as a show of support, just head over to the Abbey um, Tattoo Studios Instagram and just show them a bit of love, you know, because you know, that's, that's, you know, it, that's a terrible thing. You know, you put your heart and soul into your tattoo studio and to see it all fucked on the floor, it's awful. I've got a question for you because I wanted to... Um, have a little conversation about this. It doesn't need to be a big conversation, particularly because I'm going to make a video about this because it's something that uh, I've definitely noticed in post-pandemic and definitely in the last few months. And I, the reason I wanted to mention it here was I wanted to ask our American and Canadian and European viewers if they feel differently about this. But certainly in the UK at the moment, it would appear that stencil paper... Uh, well, spirit stencil paper has really, really dropped in quality. So, um, and loads of people are experiencing this. I thought initially that I just got a bad box, right? And that it was, it was like, oh, well, it's a dodgy box of it. Um, then I thought, well, maybe this is some like old pandemic stock or something that's been sitting in a warehouse. And I, the, the things that people seem to be experiencing is you print your stencil, but the purple stuff that's adhered to the, the plastic sheet, it's actually coming off in flakes. So you print a line drawing out and, and it fills in, it's clumping up. Yeah, and you know, we, oh, yeah, yeah, I've noticed that, but we, we flick the paper and it, it knocks it off. Yeah, you have yeah. to flick it, but it doesn't always come off by the, the flicking of it, right? So... We've we've tested this. I'm currently testing the new brother eight eight three, and we're putting that through its paces. And we thought, well, maybe it's the um, maybe it's the eight eight three. I've got a, a few thoughts on that, but I'm going to put those in a video because dialing in the eight eight three is a little bit more involved than dialing in the seven hundred series. But you do once it's dialed in, you do yeah. get a better result. We are getting better results, but we were having real problems with this stencil paper. So I've reached out to a couple of brands that make alternative stencil papers. I've also ordered a box of the green stencil paper because one of the things that we've noticed for the guys that work in the fine line and the dot work, where they don't really want the stencil to stick around beyond getting yeah. a few marker dots in and stuff, actually, the green stencil paper at this point might be a really good option for some of you guys that don't need a really strong stencil. So what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to make... Um, I'm going to make a video that includes the best practices for good stencil preparation and application. And then I'm going to really push these print 
printers and papers to the fucking limit of what they'll do, right? I'm going to deliberately try and take them as far as they will go and we'll see which one fails yeah. first. Obviously, we're not going to be doing this with live tattoos. We're going to do this by stenciling up the guys and, you know, and, and like how many wipes before the stencil's gone and things like that. And, um, and also... When we when we really push this stuff, which of the papers does the best? Are you because where I'm at at the moment is uh, I think stencil, the spirit stencil paper is fucking unusable for most applications at this point, and this is where I wanted to ask you this. So I want you to comment down below if your experience is diff different, because I'm wondering if spirit have sent a batch out to the UK and possibly Europe uh, that is either defective or has, has got really hot or really cold in transit or something's happened to it and it's having this. So if you're in North America or Canada, um, what is your experience of Spirit Paper? Has the, the quality dropped? Um, it, you know, is it different? Uh, are you noticing this clumping and, you know, lots of purple shit all over your stencils that you have to flick off? Um, because the other thing that I thought was... You know, a, a lot of distributors, they buy their stock from other distributors and this might actually be a bootleg batch that the people have bought in good faith and sold in good faith that is actually not Spirit Paper. So I wanted to kind of get to the bottom of it. So I'm going to try and reach out to Spirit, find out. But if you're in North America, which is where I believe Spirit are, or Canada, I mean, I think they're in North America, um, you're closer to them. So I figure you might have the newer stuff. So... Um, I'd like to know, or, or it will have gone through, you know, maybe less climate changes in the in transit and all that sort of stuff. So I'd like to know if if everybody's experiencing this around the world. So because I want to try and get to the bottom of this and find out what's going on, because it may very well be that it's bootleg paper, and uh, we've got to start watching out for that. And maybe Spirit can yeah. give us some information. So uh, coming up in not in one of these shows, it'll be a separate show. I'll run it all down. And um, and I'll you know I'll I'll can kind of introduce you initially to the the new brother eight eight three and I can we, we know we can you know push the limits of stencils and I can go through because uh, I think this does need explaining um, why you shouldn't try to print gradients as a yeah. stencil and why you know that's going to cause an absolute fucking mess and I will be able to demonstrate why that doesn't work you know because I was watching somebody uh, who put a video up of them working on something like that. And it was, you know, an absolute, to me, a complete waste of time and a clusterfuck, right? So hopefully that will, um, that will put that kind of issue to bed. I've seen some people doing it successfully um, and I find that quite interesting. Um, although I do query whether the finished tattoos will hold up in, in the, you know, what I see mm. photographed versus what I know of tattoo longevity. Yeah, so, yeah, no, for, yeah. If you, you know, if you stipple over, uh, if you take a photograph, print it as a photograph onto a stencil, which is possible with a lot of stencil machines, and then put it on the skin and then stipple over it as if you were doing a pencil drawing, it looks fabulous in a photograph, but I don't believe that it will hold its integrity. Um, if, no, you're, yeah, you know, no, if you're I, doing I, I, a picture of Nirvana that's about that big, you know, like tiny little thing, and you're doing a photographic real thing, I'm like, I'm not sure that will stay. No, like no, that, it will stay like that's that. My but only, if it does, the, fucking the, hell, the that's other, amazing. The, other, the other aspect of that then is like, so if you've if you've managed to get that stencil stuck on the skin like really really well where it doesn't wipe off, and you've got a nice solid stencil, but the entire area is completely covered with different gradients of purple, right? Like, are you going to be getting the correct saturation of your inks? Because you can't really see because you're tattooing over purple. So I think... Well, like that's one of the problems, you see, is if you print out solid stencils, um, and I've found this over the years, is that the purple that stains the uh, skin... Uh, does actually give you the impression that your ink is blacker than it is. And when it comes back, it can quite often be patchy because the those solid stencils of purple have made you believe that you got the stuff in solid. And quite often it isn't. That's why I stopped doing it a long time ago. The workaround um, for that, you know, that you know what stuff, the workaround no. for that is, isn't you? You need to get like the brightest fucking light, like spotlight you can, point it, put it in a pitch black room, point it directly at the tattoo and then use a CPL filter on your camera and that is how you get around <laughs> hiding the fact that you can't saturate black properly. Or, or just or just Photoshop uh, Photoshop it afterwards and just just brush all the black in that you missed. 
Here we go again. Welcome back, folks. But it just grips my shit because, like, obviously, there's a couple of products out now where they are pushing the whole super bright light and the use of a CPL filter and then exporting the the the, the, the tattoos as is. But like, it doesn't give a true representation unless you edit it to make it look right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. like after speaking to photographers. Like every single one of them, when I've shown them the setups people are using with like these fucking super bright lights and how close they put in them, they're all just going like, nah, man, that's fucking wrong. You need a really nice soft light, yeah. a big yeah. soft light. Learn to fucking take pictures. Take better pictures, you know. But you've also got to remember that a lot of tattooists haven't spent, you know, the last three years of their life working with cameras every week, you know, doing this, you know, like you, like you do... You know, I've found, you know, I've been doing this kind of thing since about 2016 when I knew absolutely nothing about cameras. And then you fast forward to, you know, a couple of weeks ago now and I'm walking around shooting a wedding and the camera was never in auto. It was in manual all day long. It worked, you know, just, it, and you know, and I've never gone out of my way to learn the exposure triangle and things like that. But I've just, I've got to, I've been doing it long enough, like learning on the job and everything that yeah. I, I can take perfectly the perfectly good, acceptable, professional-looking wedding photos, right? So, well, it looks all right it's to like me even, anyway, you know. Like, I had um, the, the the videographers that were in the other day, they were like, I was chatting with them, really fucking nice guys, and they were, like, giving me tips, and fucking one of them, right, come down to the shop for the day and was, like, helping me get the fucking lighting set up and the positioning, and, like, that's how the shot looks, how it looks now. Because, yeah, yeah. like... I was just like fucking, I was like, I was like, I will, like, I'll come and fucking spend the day with you. I will give up yeah. a day of my tattooing, right? Just so I can go on a shoot with you guys just to fucking learn. Cause like, I learned so much. That <clears throat> but that's the thing. I mean, that's, that's unreal. our, that's our, um, you know, our, the benefit of doing this is like, we've, you know, we've learned this sort of stuff because, because to make video look really good. I mean, it's, it, you know, what you're looking at is fucking not what I'm looking at. Like, believe me. And, um, it's a completely different vibe, but it's the finished product. So you end up, you know, like that, but I, you know, I get it with tattooists. They, they don't want to learn all that sort of stuff. Um, and, or they haven't got time to do it or they just can't be bothered and they just want the quickest fix for it. Um, but it's, you know, having been in that boat, you know, I took loads of pictures with my iPhone for years. But to be honest with you, um, my camera always beats it. You know, it doesn't matter how good the iPhone gets. I mean, the iPhone oh, yeah. is a good bit of kit, but I never use it for taking um, photographs of my tattoos because no. it doesn't it doesn't take me that long to get a professional lighting setup set up in my studio. So. Maybe if you're interested in that kind of thing, because this is something we don't really talk about because it's something to do with what we do uh, and it's the mechanics of the show and all that sort of stuff. But if you're interested in us doing some, you know, photography-based, workshoppy type tutorial things where we kind of go through that, comment down below if you think that's information that you need. You might just go, I don't care, my iPhone's fine, mate. You know, do you know what I mean? And and if that's then we don't we won't make the videos. Interestingly enough, funny you should say that, I have I have been speaking to a few people who are very much up for helping us make videos showing us various different setups ranging from an iPhone right up to using a professional grade camera. So uh, what I've what I've pitched is the idea of like doing a video where these are scenarios where you need to take a picture, low budget, not much room, you know, a movable setup or somewhere where you can have a permanent setup. So if you do want it, we can get some professionals in to help us make the video, show us what we're all doing wrong. Get some professional help, you know. I've tattooed a few uh, directors and uh, musicians and stuff, and you know the information that you get from them about you know, what they do for a living has helped me get to this point, you know what I mean, with um, with, with what I'm doing, you know, and all that sort of stuff really helps out. That's you know? one thing. So if it's something that you're interested in, comment down below and we'll, um, we'll see if we can hook that up for you. Welcome to this week's uh, topic. It's things we love and things we hate about tattooing. And what we're going to do is we're going to do one thing we love, one thing we hate, one thing we love, one thing we hate, until we run out of time. So Chrissy's first thing Something that you love about tattooing is... The fact that we get to meet so many different people and you make friends, you build up a rapport and it allows you to do yeah. things like what we've just discussed. The ability to bring Absolutely. people into our YouTube environment to help us 
bring more kind of education to you guys on taking photographs or even just like improving what we do it's just that ability that you meet so many different people like i've got one 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 person who started off as a client just become one of my best friends he's like my go-to guy if i have any um medical questions that relate to tattooing because he's a physician's associate so if he don't know the answer he can find out the answer do you know what i mean so yeah it's that's that's one of the the things i love about this job so so one of the things i hate about this job is exactly that that we tattoo i'm going to try and get a theme going here for this conversation Uh, one of the things that chris loves about tattooing is the clients one of the things i hate about the tattooing is the clients right because and so because i i think that um, not all clients. Whereas, <laughs> no, of course, it's, it's never all clients, is it? It's like no. it's like any job. Because we tattoo so many people from so many walks of life, you think that you've put together something that you've explained really well and how your process works and everything goes along like that, and you still get the three question mark clients oh. who just message you on WhatsApp at four o'clock in the morning, uh, ex- expecting you to draw their artwork. And, uh, you know, or the person that completely misunderstands your entire website and all of the, the descriptions that you've given them and then asks you questions that are all in your frequently asked questions section. And every time you go back to them, they go, yeah, but what about this? What about this? And you go, yeah, it's in the frequently asked questions, mate. It's all there, you know. And there's, I always think that whenever I put stuff like that, that together, there's, um, there's eight, 99% of people will walk through the process absolutely brilliantly. And there's 1% of people that I honestly sometimes wonder how the fuck do you get through the modern world? Because I'm not sure you can breathe and walk at the, at same, the same time. Fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> but they find. You know, and don't think that I'm down on clients because I'm not down on clients and they're incredibly important to us. They are the lifeblood of what we do. In fact, the clients are the rock stars of this industry, not us. You know, the the clients that come and sit for hours and get get, get tattoos, I, I think are amazing. But the ones that just make you go, oh, fuck's sake, you know, um, and they're always the loudest ones. And the, but I, th- I also think that, like any job, they're the ones that stick in your head because you, everybody else, you remember them because they're lovely, but the ones that you remember because they're utter arses <laughs> are the ones that you go, oh, you're never coming back to my shop. Like, I had one guy come in once that because he booked a tattoo for the day he brought his entire family with him who took over the studio he announced to his entire family that they'd they'd booked the studio for the day and his entire family proceeded to like move my staff off the couch where they're sitting and start plugging plugging ipads in and his wife went can you move over? Only I've got work to do today. And he's like, and my son was working here at the time because my son tattoos as well. And he was like, I am at fucking work, love. (laughs) And then just unplugging, you know, tattoo stuff in the booth so they can plug in iPads. They basically brought everything that they needed to have charged to charge it up while they're in the shop. And then lo and behold, fucking Tarquin, the kid that they've brought with them, 20 minutes into the session, is watching fucking porn on an iPad, you know, and they catch it and then there's a great big family scene and everything. And I'm sitting there through this session thinking, you are never getting fucking tattooed again. See, like, but that's again. the thing though. I wouldn't even fucking let that come through the that's door. That's why they stick out in your like, mind. I wouldn't even let, like, I know. Well, no, like what you I can know. bring one person in with you. If somebody comes in with their entire family, I'm like, fucking no chance. I had another guy who I honestly believe, because his missus was bored, she came with him, got bored, and I honestly think she smashed the back window with his car just to stop the session so he'd take her home. Did tell you the guy who got his dick out? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had, uh, so this, this guy came in to book a tattoo, this is like years ago, and like he was definitely pissed, right? And like our body piercer at the time, Ricky, he was like doing the front desk as well. So he was like, he come in, he's like explaining he wants this tattoo then and he's like, Oh, can you show me the tattoo that you want sorted out? And instead of just like, you know, undoing his jeans a little bit and just like showing it, he just full on dropped trowel and he's like down the front of the shop, cock out and everything. And Ricky's like, Fuck are you he's like, What the fuck are you doing? Like he's like, put his trousers up. So it booked him in. Um and then we were tattooing. So the like the, the day came around for the tattoo. He comes in, he's like completely sober, 
Like you wouldn't, you know, there was no smell of alcohol or anything. And we started doing the towel. With, with that one, I think he was quite sensitive skin. So I did the outline, let him have five minutes, had a cuppa, went back, done all the color, done all the, yeah, done all the black. Then I let him have another rest. And so like, but, but I, I found out afterwards that these rests that he wanted because he was getting sore was so he could sneak yeah. vodka while I was out of the room. Because like me and Reese were like, there was two of us tattooing in this room at this point. And Reese's client was still there. So while like Reese is having a cigarette and I'm, I'm having a, a, a cuppa, my client is like on this side of the room where I'm sitting now. And then Reese's client is like up in the corner over there. And um, yeah. he said he was just like sitting and watching him and he had like a fucking bottle of vodka like this big in his bag and he's like necking it. And I was like, well, I was like, fucking hell. Like he told me that afterwards because like as the tattoo was going, like as I'm as I'm doing this tattoo, this guy's like laying there and his arms just like dropping down. He's kind of going, uh. yeah. and I'm like, fuck it, what are you doing, yeah. mate? And he's like, oh, no, fine, fine. And I'm like, you're fucking drunk. You? I'm like, are you drunk? And he's like, no, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. So I was like, I fucking got the tattoo done as fast as I could just to get him out of the shop. And I was like, right, your tattoo's done. Do you want to go and have a look at it? Now, bearing in mind, at this point, he's like, he's got his pants on and his jeans are slightly pulled down so you can see the tattoo because it was like some tribal thing on the top of his thigh. And I was like, go out, have a look at it. Let me know what you think. And he come back and he's like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. I like it. I like it. And he pulled his jeans back on at this point. And I was like, right, can you just undo your, your jeans with it and just pull your jeans down a bit so I can put a dressing on it. And as I'm sitting in my chair and he's like right in front of me, he just fucking dropped his trousers and got his cock out in my face. And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, he up. basically got Amazing. pissed as fuck while he was getting tattooed. And I mean like, well, I caught somebody, I caught somebody uh, snorting coke in the studio once. Mate, I would rather somebody and snort coke than fucking whap their cock out in my face. Like, do you mean? <laughs> Well, all I did, all I did was say to him, like, it's not okay to do that unless you brought enough for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was it. Like, you know, don't get snorting coke in the shop unless you brought enough for everyone. And then, did I tell you about the guy that shit himself? No. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like, if you guys are learning and you get to work in shops, this is, um, this is something I should explain to you about shops is uh, uh, some clients become shop legends that people tell stories about. So um, this guy, we call him Wimpy Nick, right? And uh, so I'm sitting there, I'm setting up for a tattoo one morning and this fucking convertible pulls up outside the studio. This guy gets out of it absolutely fucking shit-faced, right? And like just, like just falling out the car drunk. Comes in, he's on his way back from a casino is the story. He's just had a big win and he wants to get a tattoo to, to celebrate his big win. And he's, he's fucking unit, man. He was huge, this geezer. And... Um, so he says, yeah, I want a skull smoking a fag and I want all the aces out behind it. Like, right in my forearm there, mate, right in my forearm. So as it was, we got a space with one of the artists for the day. It was actually me that started. So he, um, he you know, he sits down and, uh, you know, he, they, they draw it up, skull smoking a fag. Like, I think he wanted an hand grenade on it and, you know, the, the deck of cards like this, put the stencil on, he's okay. Um, they start, they start tattooing, literally five minutes of tattooing. That's all. He says, I've got, hang on a minute, I've got to go to the toilet. So he goes off to the toilet and he's gone for a minute. You know what I mean? We're all like, is he all right? Like, has he fell asleep in the loo? Next thing you know, this fucking unit of a guy comes tearing through the shop and all he says is, I've got to go, can't get a tattoo, I've shit myself. And he went straight out the door, got in his convertible, fucked off and we've never seen him since. <laughs> So as far as I know, he's just got like a little bit of the corner of an outline of a skull. Turns out that the old adage, the harder they come, the uh, the, the harder they fall, is absolutely true. So he had five minutes of tattooing, shit himself, got back in his car and drove back out. Drove you know. I had one guy, back right? And that's why that's part of... You know, love the clients, yeah, no, hate the, the yeah, clients. Yeah, that's what it is. I fucking love it. I had one guy, right? And this is no bullshit. He came in for a foot. He had a tattoo on his foot. He's like, I've got to get this tattoo covered up, right? Big motherfucker. Uh, he's been dating some girl, right? His new girlfriend. He's been dating her for about six months. And they're about to go on holidays, right? And he's like, I've got my ex's name on my foot. And I was like, how the fuck have you been with this woman for six months? And she doesn't know. And he's like, oh, I just wear socks all the fucking time. All the time. <laughs> but 
But I started doing it. He didn't tell me though. Right? I was like, I was like, all right, no worries. I didn't even put a needle on him. He's got an issue with people touching his feet. So I fucking started drawing this design on his foot to cover it up. And he fucking hit the floor. Oh no. And bear in mind, I was, I was like, I was, I was, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big fella, like, do you mean? And this is when I was like younger and I was like proper small. And like, this guy is like three times the size of yeah. me, muscly as fuck. And I'm like, I'm there trying to pick up like this fucking <laughs> big fucking bodybuilder off the floor. And I'm like asking the boys for help and everyone in the shop is just fucking laughing at me. Like. And so that leads me nicely and segues nicely into the, you know, Chris is having a nightmare and all the boys in his shop are all laughing at him. That's one of those things where, you know, all of these nightmares, it's only a nightmare if it's happening to you. Everyone else thinks it's the funniest fucking thing yeah. on earth that you're going through this fucking deal. And this is one of my favourite things about tattooing is, is working in a shop with everyone else. Um, I yeah. love sitting here with all with all the guys you get this kind of like weird uh dysfunctional functional family that gets drunk together hangs out together takes the piss out of each other you know you have great times you have bad times you know if somebody's going through a rough time in their life the rest of the crew kind of hold them up and, and all that sort of stuff yeah if everybody's if anybody's getting a bit too big for their boots you know that everybody's there on hand you know to to kind of bring you down a peg or two and all that sort of stuff and I love that, you know. I mean, we like, like I say, we, we I shot this, I shot Shell's wedding a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, don't bother contacting me for wedding photography. I've retired now. I've, you know, that's it. My my, my career's He's over. And um, quit while your head is my take on that. But all, you know, the guys turn up in the evening all the guys from the shop and everything and they all turn up and you know they're all hanging out together getting absolutely fucking hammered you know bullshitting each other having a good time and you know you kind of stand back as the studio owner as this like proud dad of this weird autistic dysfunctional fucking <laughs> family of people uh, the Quite honestly, I love them to bits. I really do. They drive me fucking mad, but I love them to bits. And I wouldn't have it any other way. You know what I mean? But the other side of that then, and and, and I, I get what you're going at with what you said just now, is like, um, that is also, an, every 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 studio, not well, not every, but some studios have that one bad egg. And that's one thing <laughs> I don't like about working in a shop, is like, you could have like the best bunch of guys but every now and then you get a fucking, you get somebody that's a bit of a who yep. has just got their own kind of like motives and their own agenda and all that bollocks. And they just, they, they ruin the vibe in your shop. And as much as you want to have like that, and nice it only bit of banter, takes one, doesn't it? It only takes yeah. one bad apple to ruin it. It takes one pebble day. to cause a ripple. Yes, yes. And that is one of the worst things. And it's why we have a three month, you know, um, calling off period for everybody. Everybody's on three month trial, yeah. you know, before they start because everybody comes in with a good CV and wants to work with you and they seem lovely. And then the, then the cracks start to appear and you realise that fucking hell, this person is an absolute pop star fucking dickhead yeah. and it's the thing that always surprises me with that is it's it's never the the genres that you would be inclined to think oh well th they might be a little bit like that because it's it's currently big at the moment and everything it's always the one that comes out of left field like now i'm not making a sweeping generalization uh, I'm, you know your mileage may vary and i'm sure you may have different experience of it but my experience of it is that Every dot work artist just about that I've met is an absolute fucking wanker. Ah, <laughs> no, hang on, no, hang on, no, hang on, no. It, there's, two, there's two levels. There's only the ones no, I've no, met. No, no, wait, I think, no, wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got a question. There's, there's two levels of that. Are they uh, a tattooist that does dot work with a tattoo machine? Or are they one of the pretentious ones that hand pokes? Uh, my experience has been both. Don't get me wrong, I've met some lovely dot work artists, but they're not people who've ever wanted to work with me, right, in my <laughs> shop. I've met loads of dot work artists, but I've had, I've had a couple through the studio where you just go, 
what the what the actual fuck is going on here? You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Do you know like some of them though? Yeah, like so again, go back to my 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 friend. Right, he had somebody working in his studio that was like a dot work artist, and the, like he was showing me like the tattoos that they do, and he's like, "Look, mate, I don't want to feel like I'm." Um, having a go at this person like but how long do you think it would take you to do that tattoo and what would you use i was like probably take me like an hour yeah. and i'd use like you know this line of this line of seven mag and he's like it took them four and a half hours and they'd done everything with like a, a three liner and they were like dot work in it and i'm just like why what is the fucking point when that it's just gonna look like it's been shaded with a round shader or mag once it's healed and and age it's just like but but then they, the the attitude that the person had was very like, well, it's all about the aesthetic of the during the dot. It's just like it's because it's a fashion thing. You just want to say that you're I do dot work fucking stipple shirt. Yeah, and it takes me twelve years to do a sleeve. Yeah. Don't have them kind of people in the studio. One bad uh, apple will ruin the uh, the entire vibe of shop it can make everybody's working environment absolutely dreadful and th this doesn't apply for you because it's a completely different kettle of fish for you but one thing because obviously like you know Karen manages the shop with you she's not a tattooist but you know she's give birth to tattooists and she's married to a tattooist yep. <laughs> she's like technically she's a tattooist producer yeah she's a she's the producer of tattoo artists. yeah she's a, yes. the producer of tattoo artists. Yeah. but what I would say is like she's actually done tattoos as well well, well at least she's done some but uh, one thing I will say is like people and I don't give a fuck if I piss you off to be honest People that aren't tattooists, right, they usually are the ones that are the bad eggs because they don't fucking get it. They just, like, all they see is money. They don't see the hours of drawing that you have to put in in the evening and so on. And they just have a completely different or, I would say, a wrong attitude towards the industry. And, like, they are the fucking bad eggs, I think, as well. Like, you, you get... See, I think the sweet spot with that, because I think that... I think that with, with the setup in the studio, what you want is um, it's great to have somebody who's a manager, like who's maybe not a tattooist, but is, is, whose skill set is management. Like my wife, Karen, uh, her background is in hotel, front of house in hotels. So she's really great at dealing with client queries and all that sort of stuff. She's got way more patience than I have with that sort of stuff, which is brilliant. But you need to have like a lead artist that will make the artist decisions. So, you know, when it comes to um, when it comes to speaking for the band, if you like, you know, when we're talking about furniture or needle changes yeah. or inks and everything, I speak for the band, you know, yes. and I go, the guys, we, the band want Cheyenne needles or Tatsol needles, like management don't get to veto that decision because, the, you know, other needles are cheaper. I go, no, th this is what the band wants. So this is what we're yeah, having. And, uh, but I then speak, you get the same you know, people that, the, you know, just some people that just do the, well, well, it's too expensive for them. They don't care about like the final outcome of the towel or they care about is like how much money they make in because and like I, I pointed this out to one of my friends recently it's like if you've got somebody that is in the studio with you and they're not a tattoo artist then they're not contributing to the running of the business so for example if you've got like say three artists two business owners and only one of the business owners a tattooist let's just say the three artists leave right and then you break your hand that other business owner is dead weight because they cannot bring anything into yeah. that business. I know, of course, you know, I'm sure, and I know that there are loads of great studio owners out there that don't tattoo, that run really, really good tattoo but studios. But they're very, and are very, fantastic. They, they I think make. there's good and bad. You know, I think it works. It works better when there's a tattooist between the business decisions and the working tattooist. I think having, you know, a tattooist in there as a conduit for that and going, no, 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 hang on, we're not making those changes. I always think that's better if you know your industry yeah, a bit but more if you from look at, the doing it. If you if you look at those, like the, when you say like the the ones that like there are a very few amount of people that are owners of tattoo studios that aren't tattooists. They're not that many that are good ones. They, no, there are good ones out there, but yeah. you know, few and far between. The, the, they're the exception rather than the rule to to my you know from from what I can think of. You know what I mean? And yeah, where does that lead us on to the next thing that we that we love about tattooing? What's the next thing that you love? About? You know, do you know? You know, we were talking about. We kind of touched on this while we were just talking about studios. One of the things that I love about tattooing is when you 
go to a place like a convention or a guest spot or anywhere where there's a grouping of tattooists together, one of the things that I absolutely love in, you know, for all of the, you know, the moaning online and the, you know, the weird comments that we get on the channel and everything, in the real world, a group of tattooists at a convention, in the bar, yeah. all doing different genres and styles, are some of the warmest, friendliest, funniest people you will ever meet. They're happy to swap tips and techniques over a beer, have a really good time, and it doesn't matter what genre of work you're doing, everybody kind of gets accepted by the artists and all of that sort of stuff. And nobody looks down their nose at everybody. No. Everybody sits in the bar and just, we're all tattooists, we're all here to have have fun, you know, learn from each other, learn by from each other's experiences and everything. And that's one of my favourite things about tattooing is that we talk about community and I genuinely feel that quite often, I, you know, when I've been travelling and doing lots of conventions, I've experienced tattoo community quite a lot and it's always really heartwarming that you can turn up as a foreigner in a foreign land doing weird tattoos and before you know it, you're talking to all these amazing tattooists that just go, yeah, man, what you do is cool. I don't understand what the fuck it is that you're doing, but, like, it looks fucking great, you know, and then, you you, you know, you kind of get into that. And I love that about tattooing is the community side of tattooing because, you know, I, not so much on the internet, you know, more in the analogue world where I live. <laughs> I will say, though, I will say uh, uh, you do have that community, but at the same time, you do have the clicks. And that, the, the clicks is what I don't like about tattooing. There's like a click. You have these, like, I like to get on with everybody. I'll, I'll so we get, do you get the format? Do you get the yeah, format? I, I, like, I get on with so many people. I try to get on with so many people because I just don't see the point in not getting on with people. But like, I one thing I've noticed over the years, there are like clicks so, like, from my own experience, like, there used to be, like, you know, groups of people that were friends. And then next thing you know, like, one person doesn't like someone else. And they all disband and they're just fucking giving each other shit online. Or, like, say, for example, like, if uh, when all that shit happened with Skin Deep and it's just like, oh, what do you mean you're still said you just I'm like I don't give a fuck like what they did to you. Like, you don't pay my fucking bills. I, I'm going to fucking advertise in whatever magazine I want. Do you mean? But then they're like, well, we're not going to speak to you because you're friends with the people who do Skin Deep. And I'm like, to be fair, you know, the only ones who are acting like, I know you look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like as much as there is a great community in the tattoo industry, yeah. you have got like these clicks. You get the ones that think they're superstars and they won't speak to anybody, but the actual big name tattooists will make time for you. Um, you just got all those little different groups and it's just like, fuck you all. Do you know I mean? That's what I want to say to them sometimes. Stop being a bunch of better names. Just be nice to everyone. Just have a good time. We're only scribbling. Fuck it. I, I'm going to start my, I'm going to start my own click and everyone's invited. Everybody's invited. It's completely inclusive. Everyone gets to join in. Unless you're a... <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. It's, the, it's just one question is your barrier to, uh, to, to entry. So, what's another thing that you love about tattooing, Chris? I don't love the industry. And I do at the same time. Okay, right. I love the tattoo industry in the the way it's progressing and, like, the technological advancements we're getting in tattooing. I love that side of it. And I think it's fucking great. But at the same time, right, there's a fucking shadiness about the tattoo industry. Do you mean, and, and I cannot like, and this isn't all of the industry people and all of the industry manufacturers, like there is this like underlying penis with some of them. And I feel like some of the issues that we have currently in tattooing could have been prevented if they just fucking did what they were meant to do and regulate their own industry. I've got, because, like, I've can got I just, any... Can I just yeah, say something like, because yeah, yeah. like... Everyone says the tattoo industry, right? To me, there's two sides of the tattoo industry. There is us. See, I think we're the tattoo community, and I think the tattoo industry are the people that sell shit to us. We're not the industry. We're the, we're yeah, the no, tattoo no, community. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, no. They, they, like, we are a community, yes. Yeah. But the tattoo, there's two aspects of the tattoo industry. There's the, the, the business side of the tattoo industry for tattooists and tattoo shops. But then there's like the manufacturer side of the tattoo industry. And like, if you look at like the mocha thing that's happening in America right now, which is followed on from reach in Europe and reach that's happening in the UK and so on. Like 
all this stuff these manufacturers have known about for so fucking long and like you had somebody spearhead it and try set up like this fucking you know coalition for safety and things like that charging people loads of money but then like nothing's come of it like we're still and i'm like i'm I'm just kind of like part of me thinks like can could these people run a piss up in a brewery and i don't think they could <laughs> but on the flip side right you've got some really good fucking people in the tattoo industry as well that are very innovative and they push the boundaries and they they are very open and from my experience i've got companies that i speak to on a regular basis they're open to feedback they're open to taking on board like i suggested like i, I spoke to the the guys at critical the other day and i had an idea for a title machine which i think you would like which would work well it would answer a lot of questions with in regards to the safety side of things having a right angle machine and like when i spoke to them they were like we're gonna fucking bang it on the idea board like that sounds cool but then you'll turn out to another company who are, I would call a brand, and they don't take on your feedback because they're not manufacturers. They're just people that repackage stuff. Do yeah. you mean to assist? Like, yeah, yeah. There's like, there's, it's, it's, it's a good and a bad. There's no, like, there's no in between. You've either got really good fucking people in the industry yeah. and really shit people in the industry, but there's also this really annoying kind of like battle between them. Like, do you yeah. mean it's like they all hate each other publicly? Yeah. And they all battling against each other publicly, but then privately, they're all probably having the fucking beer, though. The example that I would use is, obviously, in, in case you're one of the many people that are joining us recently, we've been making this show for about three years, and we started during the, the recent pandemic, right? We didn't start during the pandemic before, because that was like 100 fucking years before. And one of the things that I remember we talked about was, while we were all in lockdown and ev the world had had the pause button pressed, all of the politics, the nonsense and the bullshit in tattooing went away, right? And then the moment that we all go back to work and the companies all start up again, all of the bullshit and politics started right back up again and they're all arguing with each other because they all stand to lose money if they don't, you know, they get their competitor, you know, they're trying to fuck each other over and everything. I mean, I've got to be honest, a bit like Chris, I love the industry style of stuff for the good people that are in it that really care about what they're making, really care about the service that they're providing. And, and you know, those products drive us forward because they... You know, they give us these these tools now that were, you know, unthinkable 20 years ago that we'd have some of the stuff that we've got. You know, it's, it's absolutely incredible, some of it. Then you get some of the other stuff where, you know, there are unnecessary features added to things uh, for my money and it's like it's not really required. You get companies like Cheyenne making, you know, I mean, some of their power supplies, like I was like Christmas show, Christmas showing me one last week and it's like, it's a fucking work of art, you know, it's, it's a beautiful object, you know, and... And that's a, that's a good one, right? If you if you look at, and I, I don't know if the video is going to be out at this point, right, but I was like comparing the new PU2 to the old one and like... The PU2 works, right? If it, it, it was a great power supply, but it was fucking ugly. Yeah. Like, it was an ugly power supply. Yeah. Like, I'll happily say that. And it's just sort of like, they've obviously listened and, and spent time looking at it, designing it, working with people. And they've now come up with something that looks nice. Yeah. So, like, you know, you always say, like, the Apple of Tatooine. It's like some companies try to be like Apple. Like... That to me, right, is a company becoming the apple of tattooing. So, yeah. like, you've got, do you mean? Yeah, they're coming yeah, up with products that look like it would be a gothic Apple product. Like, do you mean? It's like if Apple was a goth, and I then think that's really that's good. what it would be. But then you've got other companies yeah. that are cowboys yeah. and they try to be like Apple, but and I they, do they, think they fail. That some line of, you know, where the, the stuff that frustrates me about the tattoo industry side of stuff is we've got this, these sponsorship programs that they all do and these pro teams that they have. But it's for the longest time, it's been a belief that I hold that I really wish that they would pick pro teams of people that could give them genuine feedback about the products that they're making and things that could be done to improve the v2 of it or the v3 and that those concerns were listened to because i think at, at where 
You know, where they copy Apple is Apple famously never do focus groups. They just tell you this is the stuff you need. We'll tell you what it is. Yeah. You know, they adhere to that kind of idea. But where I think that is an Achilles heel for companies like Apple, uh, for well, for Apple and for um, uh, for Cheyenne, is that not listening to client feedback enough. But I think they do, though. I like do. Th no, I do think they do. But I think they should listen to it a little more and take on board. Now, it might be that they do listen and take on board, but they don't actually make it publicly known that they go, yeah, actually that product wasn't as good as it could have been because, you know, from a marketing point but, of view, you don't do want to be admitting that you released a, an ugly fucking power supply and that's why you fixed it. But like, but you have, and and, and you have, you know what I mean? And I, I would much rather they, there was more. Yeah. But if you look at the, you know, the power supplies, like if you look at them, like the power supplies, like the, they, they, they went, they, they obviously come out with a stitch frequency and like everybody yeah. got used to it. But then you had a lot of people that use some Cheyenne, some other brands and they wanted voltage. So like, you know, after listening to feedback, they will go over voltage, to, yeah. they've gone over the voltage, but then at the same time, everyone's like, well, why don't you put RCA connectors on Cheyenne machines? And, and Cheyenne are like, because these are better. Do you mean, and that's where they will stand their ground and be like, these are better no, and I, um, than RCA. They're, they're right about that sort of stuff, but I, I, um, maybe it's that they don't have the, you know, the public consultation that they do with people as obvious to those of us that are outside of that kind of circle, you know what I mean? Maybe there is more of it, but... Because like they do like factory days, don't they? Yeah, so I think from a, an observer's point of view, I sort of look at it and go, it's quite a closed shop. And, you know, and certainly from other companies that have work for them and then been set up separately you know the impression there is you know we, we you know, the old adage of you know we send them a, a bit of feedback and they they come back with you know race car drivers don't you know design cars and i just think that's fucking it's a flawed for it to me that's a flawed philosophy well, yeah that was, that was that was the engineers that are no longer there isn't it? but um you know and they, so maybe the other, they're no the, longer there for a reason you know what i mean but i, I think that but, but, you know who knows yeah who knows but Again, lovely, lovely people, but I just think they've got a flawed philosophy when it comes to designing products that if that if you don't know how to fucking use them, then you, you probably need to listen to the people that do, you know. But, like, the other side of that, then, is there are brands that can't take feedback on board because they are just getting, they're repackaging stuff off yeah, yeah, Dragonhawk, yeah, yeah. off AliExpress. <clears throat> so they don't have the ability to completely redesign something. It's just, all they do is be like, oh yeah, can I get those, but in yeah. red with my own logo on it and a different yeah. colour box, please. And so with that, guys, this has been an episode of That Tattoo Show. Uh, don't forget... Uh, hit the like and subscribe and the buttons and all that. If you've got any questions, feedback, shit you want to say, even if it's fucking stupid, stick it down in the comments and we'll either answer it or we'll ignore you. Or Paul will uh, cry. As we normally do. Yeah, or I'll get triggered and you'll have another ranty episode. Which He'll throw his fucking toys out of the pram. <laughs> toys will be right out the pram, spit me dummy across the room. And so this has been That Tattoo Show. I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. Tell the lawyer. Tell the policeman. Tell the judge. Tell the school. Tell the priest. Tell your teachers. Tell tattooing. We love you tattooing. And all also, sometimes we fucking hate you as well. It is. Yes. Sometimes it's a job. Most of the time it's a calling and something that we're in love with. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Uh, I can't reach. It's too far away. And I'll reach for that. Whoa. <laughs>